Right, the doctors have two choices. The first choice is to appeal to the Supreme Court against the decision of the Labour Court, which will suspend what the Labour Court has said. That will create a, a bigger complication uh, for, the, for the government because it can't do anything to the doctors until the matter is heard by the Supreme Court. Maybe as an agent matter, that's one of the options that is there. But that will then require legal experts to look at the best possible avenue for actually taking the matter up to the up to the Supreme Court. The other option is the doctors would have to comply, go back to work, and leave to fight another day. But in my honest view, if you look at that judgment, there are a few things that are irregular about it. The first one is the doctor the collective job action is declared illegally and then in contradiction the order says the doctors should not be disciplined. Or automatically, that actually goes against the grain of, of justice. Because the moment the doctors are found on the wrong, the employer should have the leeway to actually take disciplinary action. So it's it's a unusual thing for somebody to be guilty and the court orders that the person should not be disciplined. So already there are windows for going to the Supreme Court. And the, the Labour Court, in what I've read as the judgment of the Labour Court, what has been in circulation, he has not addressed the question of uh, financial embarrassment by doctors who are saying, yes, we would like to go to work, but we don't have the money to go to work. We are not certain whether that argument was raised in court, but from what we read, that argument also arose. So the question is, if the Labour Court is silent on how the doctors will go to work, it leaves a huge window for the doctors to approach the Supreme Court to say uh, the Labour Court did not address all the issues that were before them. Mm-hmm. And what are their chances of winning? Uh, if you look at case law from other jurisdictions, particularly from the United Kingdom, where people who have not been paid for three months have been found to be justified in not going to work, uh, I would actually take a similar view to say if the doctors can convince the court that uh, they are financially embarrassed and they are unable to go to work with the money they have been paid, their prospects of success are very high. But the challenge that we have is that we're all not in court when the matter was argued. We are not very certain whether those issues were raised before the court. But if they were raised, the prospects of success for the doctors, if they go to the Supreme Court and say, we were not on collective job action, the ruling or the finding by the Labour Court was defective because they dealt with collective job action instead of a case where we're saying we're financially incapable of going to work and the, the Supreme Court might rule either way, depending on the facts before it. So now you, you have been talking about, uh, you know, engagement between doctors and, and the government. Where to start the negotiations? We need to, first of all, accept that not all labor matters are capable of being resolved in court. I think that's the first thing uh, both parties need to recognize. A matter like this, it doesn't matter how you litigate. The solution lies in dialogue, and the employer should actually be responsible and call his employees to a round table and say, yes, we've gone to court, but we appreciate that the, the solution lies with the, between the, the two parties. Because labor disputes, it doesn't matter who wins it. The problem at times does not go away. It's just like this particular problem. The employer is one, but he still doesn't have the doctors in the hospitals, which is a clear sign that this is a problem not capable of being resolved through litigation. We can talk about going to the Supreme Court or everywhere else, but the answer lies in the employer engaging his doctors and dealing with issues that are actually facing the doctors. They are specific, they are known, and the parties can engage and actually trust them one by one. 
A good example is they could simply say, fine, how much is your accommodation? How much is your transport? How much is your food? How much is your money for the other, other things and so forth? What tools do you need to be able to work in hospital? Those are issues that are known that the parties can trust and agree on timeframes for, for implementation. But if we go to the Supreme Court, what it means is people are continuing to die in hospitals and uh, the problem is not going to be heard overnight. The Supreme Court has its own processes where papers are filed and there could be errors in filing of papers which could delay even more. And at the same time, the death toll is continuing to increase in our hospital. The best is for the employer to actually engage his employees and admit this is a problem that cannot be solved through litigation. Uh, I've been in in labor for over 28 years now, and uh, I chair a number of employment councils. You'll find that employers and labor are very clear on issues that can be resolved by courts, and issues that even if they go to court, the problem will not go away. And they will not make the mistake of going to court. All I'm saying is, let government and the doctors learn from the National Employment Councils and apply the same principles and say, this problem will not be resolved by going to court. Let's sit down and dialogue.